Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Though it may be known as America's pastime, baseball has spread across the world. Though the MLB is trying to come back, there is still some money to be made overseas, and Greg Peterson is going worldwide to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. From the return of baseball in the States to daily KBO picks, all the bases covered on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. So here is the international king of swing. Hey, warm along. Welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. We've got a superb podcast for you today as one of our good buddies, Danny Vietti, does a great job of tracking all things Major League Baseball for CBS Sports. He's going to be joining me in the second segment as, at last, we finally have not terrible news when it comes to perhaps an MLB season. We had a meeting between the president of the MLB Players Association and Tony Clark, along with Rob Manfred, and it sounds like things were actually going halfway decently. So we're going to be talking to Danny about that, what we might see from a condensed season, some of the teams that might have a little bit of an edge there, and why I feel like the hitters might be way in front of the pitchers if we do wind up getting that condensed MLB season. So that's going to be in the second segment. In the final segment, I'm going to give you a side in total on every game on the Thursday morning KBO betting board as we touch them all. I always find it very weird to say Thursday morning when I'm doing this Wednesday afternoon because the games are at 2.30 a.m. Pacific time, but with that said, we have been able to venture on, and I always love to be able to venture through your Twitter questions as well. If you have something that you'd like answered on this podcast, whether it be from an MLB standpoint, gambling standpoint, one of these foreign leagues, what have you, fire it into my timeline at GRSCORD1. If you send these via direct message, aka DM, well, letters DM to me mean does not matter, but if you send them into the timeline, more than happy to give you an answer. Did not get in any today, so let's take a look back at yesterday's results, try to find some trends, and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A games from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. If you wound up taking unders in the KBO, 
Wednesday morning. You did very well as they went 4-1. and one, And if you wound up taking no run in the first inning as well, that also went 4-1. and one. As the one game that wound up going over, despite the fact that they didn't have that first inning run, that would be the NC Dinos and Kia Tigers game as the Tigers were able to get two runs in the seventh inning to be able to slay the Dinos by a count of 7-6. Second straight loss for NC as they wound up having Mike Wright in this game. Go six innings, foreign-born pitcher, just got lit up. He gave up seven runs, all of which were earned, including a home run for the Kia Tigers. Minwoo Lee was able to do a good job of being able to evade some danger. He had a couple dicey situations, but he winds up getting through five innings, giving up three runs. Bullpen from there, they gave up three runs over the course of four innings, but only one of which was earned. Both teams were hurt a little bit by their fielding. If there is one little underrated aspect of this game, it's the fact that the Dinos, who probably have their biggest weak point in their bullpen, wound up going two innings in this one. They don't give up a single earned run, but with that said, it was a very good day for G1 Na. This is someone that hit below the Mendoza line last year for the Kia Tigers. He was limited due to injuries. He's hitting above a 300, and he went deep in this one. Every player one through six in the Kia Tigers lineup was able to get a hit. At the bottom of the lineup, it wasn't necessarily so great, except for Channel Park, who had been in a massive slump. He wound up going two of two. And for the NC Dinos, they did wind up getting a home run of their own as Tegu Kim. He has been doing a very good job for this team. He winds up going yard 317 batting average after he hit below the Mendoza line last year. That was his first home run of the campaign, and quite honestly, from 2017 to 2019, a combined three home runs. He didn't play at all in 2018, but still very impressive that he's been able to do what he's been able to do so far this year, but for the Dinos, uncharacteristically, only seven hits for them, so that was a little bit interesting. What else was very fascinating is the fact that the Lotte Giants' lead was pretty much a cup of coffee as they wind up getting off to a 3-0 lead in the top of the third inning. And they don't score from there as the Kiboom Heroes are able to walk it off in the ninth, 4-3 the final in this one for Lotte. They got a very solid start out of 19-year-old Jun Won So. Kept the game out in front of him, five innings, gives up two runs, both of which were earned. Now the big question is, should he have been pulled after the fifth inning? He was at 91 pitches, he's already won 100 plus this year, so that was a little bit questionable. And then from there, for the Lotte Giants, they wind up going three and a third innings out of the bullpen. And in the process, they wound up giving up two runs. And then for the Heroes, they wound up going scoreless out of the bullpen in two and a third innings. And one day, Cha said, cha-cha-cha to a pretty decent start. After giving up those three early runs, he was able to settle down going six and two-thirds innings, giving up those three runs. If there is something promising for Lotte, it is that the power is starting to come back for this team. How about Woon Woo Jun? He winds up going yard in this one. He's hitting a 300 on the year. That is his seventh home run in the campaign. He had been struggling earlier in the year, but he has really been able to find it. Problem with Lotte is that it just feels like the bottom of the lineup is not necessarily stepping up. Six through nine hitters, they wound up having a little bit of a rough go of it as hitters one through five all had at least one hit for them, so they're a little bit top-heavy. The Wyverns are not very heavy at any position at this point. They wind up losing to the KT Wiz, a.k.a. Smiling Blobs, by a count of six to four. This was the first career start for Byung Wook Joe, he winds up going five and a third innings, and he actually did a little bit better than I thought he was going to. He gave up three runs, all of which were earned, including a home run. And the bullpen from there, which has been absolutely wretched for the Smiling Blobs. ERA entering into this game out of the bullpen north of a 7-5. They give up one run over the course of four and two-thirds innings for SK. 
They wound up straining the bases loaded in the sixth inning. They just had a comedy of issues in this one. And for the Smiling Blobs, the big key for them was being able to get a pinch hit home run from one of their stars. Beko Kong was supposed to get the day off. He wound up giving the team a pinch hit home run in this one. He was the number one overall pick in the 2018 KBO draft. That was big for them. And for the SK Wyverns, they were able to get quite a few guys to be able to give them a couple hits. And Jung Cha was able to give the team a home run as well. He has been heating up. He was in the top five of the KBO in home runs last year. Just his fifth of the campaign, but that is his third in the team's last three games. But what else was bad for SK is that Jae-hoon Ha has become Korean for blown save, ladies and gentlemen. He wound up giving up one unearned run while he was trying to close out the game. So this is a little bit less on him, but he was 36 of 37 in save opportunities last year. So far this year, he's got four saves. And he's got five blown saves, and it should be six, except for the fact that one of his blown saves turned into a win. So, I mean, it has not really been going well for him. He had a buck 98 ERA last year. This year, it is a 5-1-1. And in this one, Taehyung Kim was able to keep the game out in front of him for the Wyverns. He winds up giving up two runs over the course of five innings. And then for the Wyverns, bullpen let them down. They gave up four runs, three of which were earned over the course of five innings. So that, no doubt, was a little bit of an issue. If you're speaking of an issue, that is what the Nissan Bears are dealing with. As prior to their double dip against the Hanwha Eagles on Saturday night slash Sunday morning, they had not lost back-to-back games all year long. They are now riding a four-game losing streak as the Samsung Lions take them down by a count of 6-3. In this one, for the Samsung Lions, they were able to get some production out of one Tyler Saladino. He wound up going yard in this one, now hitting a 282 on base of a 413. That is his sixth long bomb of the year after being just absolutely wretched at the beginning of the year. He has really been able to find it. And Chris Flexen was trying to find it in this one as he was dealing with a hamstring injury that had kept him on the shelf for a few days. He winds up being limited in this start. He goes four innings, giving up three runs, all which were earned. As we know, the deuce on bullpen, not necessarily great. They give up three runs over the course of five innings. And for Samsung, Daewoo Kim, it hasn't necessarily been conventional for him. But he once again, as I always like to say on this podcast, kept the game out in front of him. Six innings pitch. He gives up two runs. He had one strikeout in this game, but he only had one walk as well. He didn't light the game on fire. That's how Samsung was able to win this game. He did wind up giving up a home run going deep in this one. Ju Won Cha. He said cha-cha-cha to being able to get his seventh home run of the campaign after he had just four off last year. So he's finding a little bit of power. But as we know, J-L-O currently out of the full produce side. And Jose Miguel Fernandez is falling back to earth a little bit. Went one of four in this game. Now it ain't a poultry 390. But you figured at some point there was going to be a little bit of regression. And that certainly has taken place. And the Samsung Lions all of a sudden... They are surging up the KBO board as they are now 19-19, winners of 8 out of their last 11 games. So they certainly have been doing a great job of that. And the LG Twins are doing a great job of being able to pace the Hanwha Eagles. 7-1, the final in this one for Hanwha. Chad Bell looks to be really, really bothered by the elbow injury that kept him on the shelf at the beginning of the year. He did go six innings at 106 pitches in this one, but he gives up seven runs, five of which were earned. Fielders really didn't do him any good, but the three walks and only getting three punch-outs didn't do so either. And then if you were watching the ESPN broadcast, there was a guy by the name of Chen Gu Lim who wound up starting for the LG Twins. He got the bases loaded in the second inning. He had a super fan on there singing for him to keep the ball down and not worry about the runners. 
And he stranded the bases loaded after getting them loaded with one out as he winds up going 115 pitches in six innings and he gives up only one run. And on the broadcast, one Greg Peterson had his tweet shown by ESPN. So a banner day there. And also a banner day for the bullpen, which is the best out there in the KBO for the LG Twins with regards to ERA. They go a combined three innings. They don't give up any runs. And for the LG Twins, where they really went right, how about J1O and Hunsu Kim, the hit machine? A combined five RBI from these guys. No Roberto Ramos in the fold for the LG Twins. And this one sounds like he might be back Thursday morning. So obviously a very good sign of life there. That is what we all saw from the KBO Wednesday morning. Now let's take a look at baseball in the States. We finally have some good news. And we're going to be talking about what has been discussed between Rob Manfred and Tony Clark and when we might be able to get a season here in the States with regards to Major League Baseball. That is coming up next right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. It's myself, Greg Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. It is great to have on our next guest. He has joined me quite a few times on this podcast, and it's because he does a terrific job of following all things MLB for CBS Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Danny Vietti. I will spell that last name for you, V-I-E-T-T-I, as it is Danny Vietti joining me on the podcast. And Danny, I'm sure that you'd agree with me. Today is a much better day than what we had on Monday. Yeah, I want to say I'm feeling better today than I have the past month. It's just been nothing but negative feedback that have come from these meetings. And today we're finally having some people pushing the envelope a little. So it's really great to see. It certainly is. We're seeing various tweets and some of the journalists are saying that we are very, very close to a deal. Others are saying that we're a little bit further away than what's being let on. What is your thoughts right now? Because we know that Tony Clark and Rob Manfred the MLB commissioner and the president of the Players Association wound up having a meeting in Arizona. It sounds like things are going well. Obviously, as of right now, there's no signed, sealed, and delivered deal or anything like that, but they certainly did have talks. Yeah, so like you said, there's nothing solidified, no pen to paper signatures going on quite yet. But like you said, there's a big-time meeting going on between the president of the MLBPA and Rob Manfred. It seems like we're trending in the right direction. So I think it's somewhere in between, between John Heyman's report of something close, a deal is close, and Evan Drellich's report that they aren't close. I think it's somewhere in between. So the people I've talked to and what I'm hearing, I'm not hearing much so far. So to me, that tells me that nothing's really solidified yet, kind of like I said earlier. But I think Rob Manfred has stepped up, which is something he's not known to do very often. I think he stepped up, put some pressure on some of these owners and the MLBPA, both sides, to get a deal done. I give Manfred a lot of credit, which he hasn't really deserved a whole lot of credit during his tenure. But I think if he steps up here and they're able to get a deal done, I think he deserves a lot of the credit. So to me, I don't think we're close to a deal. But I think the deal is fair, or at least is more fair than any of the previous proposals. So I think we're somewhere in between not close and close. So I think we're trending in the right direction. I totally agree with you. Certainly on Monday, things looked very, very bleak when pretty much all sides were saying, yep, we're not going to talk anymore. And then we have the emergency meeting going down in Arizona. So at the very least, we've got both sides coming to the table 
But what I do fear as well is that there were reports on Monday that there were a couple staff members along with a couple players that it sounds like tested positive for COVID-19. Obviously, we don't know exactly who these players and staff members are. I've got to think that there's some sort of ordeal where it's like HIPAA rules, confidentiality, something like that. But I do think that that's going to make things a little bit more complicated for the health and safety ordeal, which I think that a lot of people were thinking, oh, this will just go through nice and easily. But I've been of the mindset, and I'm sure that you have as well, that this is a very big piece of the puzzle, and this is not going to be as easy as it sounds like to come to an agreement. I think this news is expected and it's anticipated. The biggest pushback that Major League Baseball is going to have to deal with is when a player gets sick or when somebody within the confines gets sick. Because it's not about building a system of perfection because there's not going to be perfection. There's not going to be a Major League Baseball season where somebody doesn't get sick. Okay, this virus, we know by now, it spreads fast. It's pretty relentless. Not to say it's deadly for everyone because it's clearly not deadly to those in good health for the most part. But I think Major League Baseball is planning for these types of circumstances. If they weren't, if they were going into these conversations... And they were discussing how, well, if somebody gets sick, then we're going to have to end the season. Then there's no point to it because somebody is going to get sick. Somebody is going to contract this virus. So it's not a good thing that there are personnel among Major League Baseball that is contracting this virus. But at the same time, I don't want to say it's expected, but they're anticipating some type of positive results from this virus because... That's just the way it spreads. It's not fair to expect perfection when this virus is anything but perfect. As we're doing this podcast right now, over 2.2 million cases of COVID-19 have been found in the United States. So obviously, it's going to happen at some point as Danny Vietti is joining me right here on the podcast. If you think to yourself, 40 guys for the active roster, you multiply that by 30. Let's say that one in 150 people have COVID-19, you throw in their staffers. I mean, it would be absolutely unreal to think that you're able to keep this clean for an entire year. So I'm right there with you. And what else I think is really big is that we heard Dr. Fauci say a few days ago that he would encourage baseball not to play too deep into the fall because there is that fear of the second wave. Obviously, we have no idea what things are going to be looking like in the fall. It's anyone's guess at this point. But with that being said, where do you think things are going to land with regards to when the agreement slash if the agreement comes down as how many games we're going to get? Because I think at this point, the owners realize that 50 is probably not going to fly. And at the same time, players wanted 100 plus where we are right now in the middle of June. That's just not a possibility either. Yeah, so I would expect the announcement to come pretty soon because I think not only the fans, But people within organizations, people within the league are fed up with everything has been going on. From the public feedback to just the constant disagreement and tension between the two sides, I think everybody's fed up with it. I think it's a perfect example, Rob Manfred is, a perfect example of how bad it's gotten. Rob Manfred, he tends to take a step back and let things happen as opposed to taking a step forward and taking action. And now we're seeing him physically go to meetings and physically discuss certain things that are going on. I think it's a perfect example of how bad it's gotten. But at the same time, that's going to help push things a little bit faster. It's going to help move things along because he's the head honcho. And so I would expect to be announced fairly soon. One, because you're having more and more pressure that is beating down on these guys. And now you're having the head of Major League Baseball progress things. And secondly, 
We've talked about it over and over again. We're running out of time. If they want a 60-plus game season, and Jason Stark reported already that the ideal um, duration of a season would be 66 games. Because he said it would be if you have a 66-game season, it would be 12 games each versus the four-division opponents, three games each versus interleague opponents, and then six games versus interleague rivals. So that's kind of the way Jason Stark broke it down. And so I think we will fall somewhere in between 70 and 60 games. Will it be 66? I don't know. But I would expect an announcement to come pretty soon. And from everything that I'm hearing, they want the season to start on July 19th. That would give you that three-week ramp-up time for a second spring training, get everything sorted out, guys be able to travel to their perspective teams, everything like that. And they want the season to conclude, according to Bob Nightingale, on September 27th. So if you do the math, July 19th and September 27th, that's 71 calendar days. So that would give you a little bit of wiggle room. Obviously, if there's a rainout or something like that, it might not be able to be made up, especially if it comes late in the year. We remember the Detroit Tigers and the Chicago White Sox actually had one game get completely canceled last year. It's not something that's absolutely unprecedented. So I do think that that's a little bit of a sticky situation. And I think that this is going to be the most unique season we've ever seen because if the season does wind up getting started in mid-July, for a lot of these guys, it's the amount of time off from when spring training ended to the middle of July. That's the same amount of time they typically have in a normal off season. And I'm not sure what sort of baseball we're going to see at the beginning of the year. If the KBO is any indicator, I think the hitters might be out in front of the pitchers because for one, obviously in the middle of July, it's a little bit more humid than when you typically begin the year. And two, something that I've noticed with the KBO, I've heard it from so many people that have covered the league is that these guys are coming out of the bullpen with no fans in the stands. They just have a little bit less adrenaline going. As a result, they're not hitting the normal like 91, 92 in their league. Instead, they're a mile or two down. And as a result, these guys are a little bit more hittable. Yeah, I think that's definitely a fair argument. And it's also fair to say that some teams hit their stride later in the year. Some teams just get off to a bit slower start. So with this new proposal, they would be taking 16 teams into the playoffs. I think the proposal is 70 games right now. So last year, through 70 games, if we were to end the season after the first 70 games last year and take the 16 playoff teams, the Nationals, who ended up winning the World Series, they would have missed the playoffs last year. So to your point, it's going to be a really strange season just because some teams are better suited for a longer length season. So another team I look at as the Dodgers. The Dodgers have the depth and the pitching to where if they have a guy go down, they have that next man up mentality and they're able to sustain a 162 game season. Whereas a team like even the Giants who had that absolute spark of a run around the all-star break last year, they were fighting for a playoff spot for about two months. The rest of the season, they were bad overall. They had a pretty bad record and you know, they were fourth or fifth in that NL West. But around the All-Star break, they started to kick in year. So when you're looking at this season, a 70-game, 66-game, whatever it might be, you might have some random team just find a little bit of spark, a little lightning in a bottle type thing. And you might see some weird things happen. You might see some weird MVP races, rookie of the year. There's a lot of strange things going on. And who knows? You might see some team just come out out of the gate, get some confidence going, and roll right into the playoffs. So it should be interesting. Oh, yeah. We remember the Seattle Mariners during the 2019 season. They started 13-2. and two. If they were able to do that in, say, a 60-65 to 65 game season, all of a sudden, that's a fourth of the season. 
All they need to do is really play 500 baseball, like even a little bit lower than 500 baseball, because you got to think that there's going to be a little bit of an expanded playoff to go along with it. And they might be right there. So it should be very fascinating. And I do think that teams with just overall pitching depth, especially if you wind up getting a couple rainouts, you get a couple double headers. I think that they're going to have a little bit of an advantage. Shoot, I look at the Rays. I look at the Brewers. I think that this just sort of a discombobulated random season really works out well for them because we've both been agreeing that the biggest question mark here is how far these starting pitchers are going to be able to go into the games at the beginning of the year. I mean, they're probably going to be ramped up by the time the end of the year comes, but if it takes them four or five starts to really be able to be able to go their normal six, seven innings, that's almost half the season right there. Yeah, and don't forget the Yankees either. I know they're obviously always a team to watch, but this season especially, a condensed season, their bullpen and depth is going to really be advantageous for them. So I mentioned the Dodgers earlier. The Dodgers generally over the past few years, they have the starters to withstand that 162-game season. But with a condensed season, priorities change a little bit. The strategies change some. So you don't need guys to pitch as long into games because you're not having to play 162 games. You're able to throw your bullpen out there for five, six innings every day pretty much because you're not expecting your starter to go super long the next day. You don't need your starter to go as long because it's a condensed season. You're not going to wear out your bullpen as hard. So you mentioned the Rays, the Yankees, another team, and the Padres. They did a nice job bolstering their bullpen over the offseason with Drew Pomeranz and Emilio Pagan. So there's different teams that are better suited for that condensed season. I'm right there with you. The Dodgers are certainly a team that you take a look at, especially with Clayton Kershaw not having to log all those innings earlier in the season. Feels like he typically wears out when it comes to September and October. Not going to have that issue, as we know with the Yankees. They were dealing with a bunch of injuries. They are now healthy. If they're able to just avoid that injury bug during the condensed season, they're going to be dangerous, and the list goes on and on. It's going to be so fascinating to see what happens. And it sounds like, at last, we might finally be getting a 2020 MLB season. Danny, I know that you're very pumped about this. And I know that you're doing a great job of covering everything, and you've been on this beat ever since spring training wrapped up, shall we say. So... It certainly has been a very fascinating time, but you've been able to roll with punches. So let the good people at home know where they're able to find you on social media and just what you're working on in general. Yeah, hallelujah. Baseball could be on the horizon. So looking forward to that. But I'll have some pieces coming out soon, hopefully regarding the start to the season, maybe some players to look out for, some teams that are better suited for a shorter season. You can find all that on CBSSports.com on my writing profile. And you can also follow me at Danny Getty on Twitter. Danny does a terrific job of being able to look at a little bit of everything when it comes to Major League Baseball. So big thanks here for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast, which I give you a sign in total on every game on Thursday morning's KBO betting board as we punch them all. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start and now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. At last, some good news when it comes to Major League Baseball. Big thanks to Danny Vietti for sharing that with us in the last segment as we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Craig Peterson. Now it is that time of the podcast, which I give you a sign to total on every game on today's KBO betting board as we 
Touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that unlike with Major League Baseball betting, unless if you're going at Pinnacle, you're able to go pitcher dependent there. You're betting on the team and the team only. So let's say for the NC Dinos and the Kia Tigers, you're thinking it's going to be Drew Gagion and Cheng Mo Ku, who are right now the projected starters. And instead, you get... Some guy with a random first name, and he winds up being the Loch Ness Monster, and he is going to be pitching for the NC Dinos. Well, you are still stuck with the NC Dinos with the Loch Ness Monster pitching. As per usual, going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order, and if you ever find a book that is going pitcher-dependent that is not pinnacle when it comes to these KBO games as well, let me know, and I will update this accordingly. But we are going to be going in rotation order, starting with 304-621, 304-622. The Doosan Bears are going to be playing also the Samsung Lions. And with the Lions, you're going to be finding them at plus money. You're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 150 and plus 165. This is a number that is falling as we speak. With the Doosan Bears, you're going to be laying anywhere between minus 185 and minus 170. Your total on this game, it has a little bit of a range to it. Anywhere between 9.5 and, and 10. If you're looking at the 10 over Zeus, anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Under is anywhere between even minus 105. If you're looking at the 9.5 over Zeus at minus 120, under is even. Your pitching matchup for this one, he Quan Yu going for the Doosan Bears. Meanwhile, Hong Dong Hao is going to be going for the Lions. Lions are still a little bit banged up with their starting staff, so they're going to be going with the 18-year-old that was the number five overall pick in the KBO. He's had two very good starts so far, but this is also going to be his first start since June 3rd, so you've got to question how far he's going to go. And he wound up going five innings in his first two starts, so you might see four, you might see five in this one. He wound up doing an absolutely great job against Lote, not giving up any runs in his first start. You may recall that was a game that he played on ESPN. He loaded the bases in the first inning, loaded the bases in the second inning, got men on second and third in the third inning, all with fewer than two outs, and got out of all three jams without giving up a single earned run. This is someone that has been absolutely terribly lucky. He doesn't necessarily throw a lot of gas. He has done a decent job of being able to limit the hard contact. He's given up just one home run in his two starts, so you do have to give him a little bit of the tip of the cap there, but also is giving up four and a half walks per nine innings. Meanwhile, with you, he's got one of the best curveballs that you're going to find out there in the KBO. Four and one with Tucson so far this year. 37 innings. He has issued 14 total walks. Nothing great. Nothing awful. Not a strikeout guy. 14 punch outs, so I do think that runs are going to be a plenty in this game. But with Doosan, they are still dealing with a couple injuries, but I do think that this is a game in which Jose Miguel Fernandez is going to be able to find it. This is going to be just a nightmare for an 18-year-old going up against the reigning KBO champions with the Doosan Bears as well. You got to like the fact that Juwan Cha has really been able to find it so far this year. This is a guy that last season only had four home runs to go with 47 RBI in 285 at-bats. So far through 131 ABs this year, seven home runs. So he clearly has been able to find a little bit of power. J.O. Kim has been seeing a couple more at-bats and he has been absolutely terrific. He's hitting a 358. I think that you're going to get a team that just gets completely lit up in the Samsung Lions. Now they do have one of the better bullpens that you're going to find out there in the KBO but with the Samsung Lions, they did wind up having to use four different relievers in the game Wednesday morning as well. So that 
that is a little bit of something that you do want to note. They have used Sung Won Oh, I believe, in back-to-back days. He was able to get the save on both Tuesday and Wednesday. So you got to question whether or not he's going to be able to go for a third straight day. So Samsung's probably not going to have that bullet in the chamber. And then you got to think that with you, he's probably going to give up a couple runs because you are noticing that Tyler Saladino's starting to find it. He's got an over 400 on base percentage. I like what he's doing there. Hakju Lee is doing a little bit of a better job after he was hitting below the Mendoza line about two weeks ago. Catcher spot is still very much an issue for this team, but what you've got to love is Jawaku and what he's been able to do for Samsung as well. He has got, so far this year, 12 RBI, 3 home run, hitting a 348. He's been able to find a little bit of something. I think that Doosan in their bullpen, they probably wind up giving up about 4 or so runs, but I think that Samsung is going to get touched up for a touchdown plus, and I think that this is a spot in which Doosan, who's riding their first losing streak of the year, is able to bust out of it, and they're able to bust out of it in a big way. Going to be going with this total over, and I'm going to be taking the run line with Doosan. You're finding this anywhere between minus 105, or if you're getting favorable juice, as high as plus 110 now. The money has been coming in on Samsung, so going to be going run line of Doosan to go along with the over. We're going to be going next with 304-623, 304-624. The Kia Tigers are going to be playing OC NC Dinos. Dinos are finding themselves a favorite in this one. It is anywhere between minus 155 and minus 170. Meanwhile, if you're looking at Kia, you're going to be getting anywhere between plus 135 and plus 150. The pitching matchup for this one, Chang Mo Ku is going to be going for the NC Dinos, and you got Drew Gagone who's going to be going for the Kia Tigers, and as a result, you've got the lowest total on the board right now at some places. At other places, it is tied for the lowest total with the next game that we're going to be going with with the Giants and the Heroes, but you're finding anywhere between 8.5 and 9 on this game. On the 9, you're going to be finding the juice anywhere between minus 110 and even on the over. The under is anywhere between minus 110 minus 120. If you've got an 8.5, over is juice anywhere between minus 125 and minus 130 unders anywhere between plus 105 and plus 110. And this is a spot where I think that it's going to be a struggle for either team to get to four runs. I know that both these teams have been doing a good job offensively. You've got the leader in the KBO and RBI on the Kia Tigers, Impressive Tucker. But how about what Chang Mo Ku has been doing? This guy has been absolutely superb. Now, the team wound up not being able to get the win in his last start against the Kiwo Miros, but that wasn't his fault. He winds up going seven innings. He gives up two runs, one of which was unearned. He wound up giving up a solo shot. This is someone that has been doing a great job of getting punch outs. How about 52 strikeouts and 48 innings? In the KBO, that's absolutely obscene. He's only had 11 walks in that time period as well. This is a guy that has given up two total runs or fewer in every one of his starts. And in just one start, he gave up approximately two runs. And that was his last start against the Heroes. He has been absolutely terrific. Now, Drew Gagnon, what has really been the difference maker for him is that he realized that he was tipping his pitches early on in the year. And he's been able to adjust that. What you've noticed with him is that he has now given up three earned runs or fewer in four out of his last five starts. That has been very critical for him, and he's done a good job of being able to keep down the walks as well. He has allowed more than two walks in just one start so far this year, so he is really coming along for the ride as well. He is backed up by a decent bullpen. The NC Dinos the bullpen has been a little bit hit or miss, but they wound up banking a lot of their more trustworthy arms for this game. So if Ku is able to give them 7-plus like you'd anticipate, you got to think that NC is going to be able to close the door in this one. You've got, obviously, with NC, the most loaded lineup that you're going to find out there in the KBO. Minwoo Park, who's hitting above a 300 at the top of the lineup. It doesn't matter who you trot out there at the catcher spot. They're probably going to be hitting right around a 300. Aaron Altair has become Aaron Altairistic. He's in the top five of the KBO with regards to both home run and RBI. He has been doing an absolute terrific job after a little bit of a rough start. Talking about him, nah, he's hitting a little bit above 300, 11 home runs, 
33 RBI. He Dong Kwan hitting a 337. I mean, list goes on and on. I haven't even mentioned Jin Sung Kong, who's hitting a 439 so far this year. And then when you take a look at the Kia Tigers, you do have the trustworthy bat in Preston Tucker. You've got a couple other guys that have been able to do a very solid job as well, but you do have a couple aging bats, and it's one of these things where it is 7 through 9. You really can't trust in them, and I do think that we're going to see some regression from their older statesmen in G1 Na and Hung Woo Cha. Both these guys are 35 plus years old. They had been having struggles going into this year, and both guys are right now hitting above a 300. I think at some point this is going to regress. I do think that what Ku is able to bring to the table is going to stifle the Kia Tigers, and for that matter, I think that Gag Yon is going to be very good in this game as well, but I think that in the end Dinos are going to get it done in a lower scoring game. So, we're taking this total under. I wound up taking the 8.5 at a plus price. Personally, I think it's going to be that low scoring, and I'm going to be laying the Dinos here on the money line because I do think that there's a good possibility we see something like 3-2 to two or 4-3 to three in this one. We move on to game number 304-625-304-626. The heroes of Kiwoom are going to be playing us to the Giants of Lote. If you're taking a look at Lote, you're going to be laying a Lote juice. <laughs> you get it? Lote, Lote juice. Anyway, you're laying anywhere between minus 135 and minus 140 with the Giants seeing so nobody's laughing at my jokes. And with the Kiwoom heroes, anywhere between plus 115 and plus 120. Your total on this game, it is 9 and the juice is a little bit all over the place. Over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Under is anywhere between minus 105 and even money as it is going to be Action Dan Straley who's going to be taking the mound for Lote. Meanwhile, for the heroes of Kiwoom, Sung Won Lee is going to be taking the mound and I think that this is one of the bigger pitching matches that you're going to find out there in the KBO. With Dan Straley, he has been terrific this year. Walks can be a little bit of an issue for him. He has won 47 and two-thirds innings so far this year. He has allowed 17 free passes, but he's also only allowed two home runs. 50 punch-outs in 47 and two-thirds innings. He's really got the curve and the slider working. If you're able to have good off-speed pitches in the KBO, it really bodes well for you. I do think there's going to be a little bit of regression because, let's face it, over his last four starts, Dan Straley has given up a combined three runs, only two of which were earned, and leave for the heroes. He, no doubt, is coming off his best start of the year. He went up against the NC Dinos on June 12th. He wound up, I believe, dueling against Ken Moku, who we were talking about a little bit earlier. Went six innings, didn't give up a single earned run, got the no decision as Heroes wound up pulling that game out in extras. But prior to that, he had given up three plus earned runs in four of the team's last five games. This is someone that he has been banged around like a piñata as he has given up a grand total of five home runs over his last six games. His walks have been a little bit of an issue as well. 16 total walks over the course of 34 innings so far this season to go with only 20 strikeouts. So that is a little bit of something that is worrisome. And with Lote, all of a sudden they're getting something out of Dixon Machado. There was a stretch of about 20 to 25 games after the team's hot start to the year in which he was hitting a buck 50. All of a sudden he's in the five spot and he's been able to give the team a little bit of something. I mean, it's not like he's ripping it up, but he's now back to right around a 250-ish batting average. That's all you can ask out of him. With Dale Lee, he's been doing a great job on base percentage above a 400 along with Minsu Kim. He's been a nice surprise as well, but with Dale Lee, he's got six home runs, 28 RBI. Certainly has been able to deliver with that regard, but John Woo John, how about his seven home runs so far? this year. He's hitting a 300. He was really struggling with his power at the beginning of the year. He has been able to find it ever since. I do think that the heroes are bound to be able to bust out of their little bit of a scoring funk as well. I think that they're going to be able to put some solid contact on here as they are dealing with a little bit of injury when it comes to the catcher spot. 
Ji Young Lee is a solid hitter, but he's a terrible fielder, as we found out on ESPN a couple days ago. Dong Wan Park hitting at 336. He's trustworthy behind the plate, but he's been dealing with a little bit of an injury the last couple days, so I'm anticipating him being out of the lineup. But when you take a look at the infield, Ha Sung Kim and He Sung Kim, both these guys have been doing a great job of being able to get on base. They're hitting about a combined 275-ish between the two of them, and between the two of them, 42 RBI and 11 home run. That's something that you like to see. Byungo Park is the leader in home runs in the KB from the 2019 season, he has really scuffled this year. So, I mean, it's one of these little bit of a hit or miss situations with him. He's been hitting right around the Mendoza line, and it looks like he might not be in the fold for this game as well. So, it actually might be a little bit of an addition by subtraction because you have noticed that some of the guys that have been sent up to the KBO, like a Jung Old Lee, he's hitting a 379, 451 on base percentage. He has been absolutely terrific for this bunch. So, it is a little bit hit or miss with this team, with the heroes. The bullpen has been solid, but not great with Lote. They've had their bullpen issues. They had to go a little bit deeper into it than they probably would have liked on Wednesday morning. So for that reason, I do think that both these teams are going to be able to get to four runs. But I do think that after his best start of the year, Lee is going to regress for Kiwoom. I think that the Lote Giants, who have gotten hot with the bats, are going to continue to do so. So we are going to be taking the Lote Giants and the over in this spot as we move on to 304-627, 304-628. SK Wyverns are going to be playing those to the KT Wiz, or as they are known on this fine podcast, the Smiling Blobs. And our good friends, the Smiling Blobs, are a favorite. We don't see this very often. As the Blobs are anywhere between minus 135 and minus 140 favorites. For the Wyverns, they are anywhere between plus 115 and plus 120. Your total on this game. Was that 9.5 a, a little bit earlier at a couple books that has fallen to a bunch of solid 9s now? And the juice, it is varying quite a bit as the overs anywhere between even money and minus 115. That makes the under anywhere between minus 105 and minus 120. And the pitching matchup in this one going for the Smiling Blobs. Audrey Samir Despite. Banye is going to be going for them. I always love saying that name. Meanwhile, John O'Park is going to be going for the SK Wyverns. And for Despagne, he certainly has been getting shelled so far the last couple starts. You take a look at what he's done. Now, I will say that this was on the road against Lotte, on the road against Samsung, and then against Doosan. But he's went five innings in each out of his last three starts, giving up at least four runs in all of them. A combined 18 earned runs in those 15 innings. That's not good, putting it very, very politely. His walks have went up as he's given up at least two walks in three out of his last four starts. That was something that he was doing a better job at at the beginning of the year, but he still has some of the best raw stuff that you're going to find out there in the KBO. 39 strikeouts over the course of 47 innings, and he's going up against a Wyverns team that, to call them light hitting, would be very generous. You do have two guys that were in the top five in the KBO with regards to home runs during the 2019 campaign, but ladies and gentlemen, and this is 2020, and they're not hitting so well. Jung Cha has been able to find it. I will give him this. Three home runs over the team's last three games. That has been helpful. He has an on-base percentage right around 400, and then the other man that was in the top five of the KBO on home runs last year, Jamie Romack, 392 on base, but both these guys are hitting between a 254 and a 262, and with Romack, he's only got six home runs so far this year with Cha, despite the fact that he's gotten on. Still only five home runs for him so far this campaign, and the Wyverns have been dealing with some injuries in the lineup, and that's why after those two guys, you don't have a single guy with more than three home runs, and the very hot start that Ji Hoon Cha got off to seems to be cooling down a little bit. He's hitting a 324 for the year, but you do have to take note of this. He's had two hits over the team's last four games. He was hitting right around a 380 at this time last week, so you can tell that teams are starting to figure him out a little bit more. The infield spots, other than Cha and obviously Jamie Romack at first base, 
you've got a lot of guys that they're very light hitting to say the least and with the Wyverns their bullpen has been able to do a solid job but they've had to go to extra innings with the Smiling Blobs each of the last two games and with the Smiling Blobs they have the worst bullpen ERA out there in the KBO they wound up having to go to extra innings at each of their last two games as well neither starter really went past five innings I do think that Despagne is going to be able to give some good length even though he only went five innings in the last couple starts prior to that he had been going eight plus in a lot of them he's already shown the ability to go north of 110 pitches so I do think that going up against a lighter hitting SK Wyvern team is going to be big for him I do think that this is a spot in which Park is going to get a little bit shelled for SK he has been doing a solid job so far this year 383 ERA 3-1 and record I will say this as well though for Mr. Park he has been a little bit fortunate that the walks have not nipped him in the tuchus a little bit more than they have three plus walks in four out of his last five games and despite that he has given up four plus earned runs in just two out of his starts all year long. So I do think that that's a little bit fascinating. He does a good job of being able to limit the hard contact, but with the smiling blobs, as we know, you've got Meta Rojas, who's won the top RBI getters in the KBO. He's hitting above a 375. You got to think that Beho Kong, if he doesn't wind up starting in this game, he's going to be coming in for a pinch hitting appearance. And we saw what he was able to do in his pinch hitting appearance yesterday with KT. You've got a lineup that has guys upon guys upon guys that are able to get on base. And I like what I'm seeing out of Young Ho Joe as well. This is someone that's hitting a 340. During the 2018 campaign with the Wyverns, he had a 077. So he has come a long way in a short amount of time. I do think that this is a KT team that they're going to be able to give men on base. I think that Rojas is going to be able to drive them in. I think that they lay it on the Wyverns. So we are going to be taking our friends with smiling blobs and the total over. And we wrap things up with 304-629-304-630. The Eagles of Anwa are going to be playing with the LG Twins. The LG Twins are the heftiest favorite that you're going to find out there in the KBO. And they are one of the heftiest favorites that you've found all year long with the LG Twins. You're going to be laying at minimum minus 290. I'm seeing as high as minus 340 right now with the Eagles. You're going to be finding pretty much at minimum plus 235, and that's with a book with bad juice. I'm seeing them as high as plus 280 right now. And your total on this game is ranging anywhere between 9.5 and, and 10. If you're looking at the 9.5, over is just a minus 115. The under is minus 105. If you're looking at the 10, the over and under are both at minus 110. Starting this game for the LG Twins, it is going to be foreign-born pitcher Tyler Wilson. Meanwhile, she won Jong is going to be going for the end. Eagles. And if you want something really ridiculous, if you want to take the run line here on this game at FanDuel, right now you'd be getting plus 136 on laying four and a half runs with the LG Twins. And a big reason why is because it looks like Juan Roberto Ramos is going to be back in the fold for the LG Twins. He was injured and was missing the last two series for this team. He's hitting right around a 360 this year. Leads the KBO with 13 home runs, over 30 RBI. He has been hot. And despite the fact that he's been out of the fold, the LG Twins have lost just one out of the five games that they played without him. They have been absolutely terrific. And you've still got a bunch of guys that they're just doing a solid job of being able to get on base. Catcher's spot for this team is hitting above a 300 between everyone. Oh Young Kim, who has been seeing a couple more at-bats recently, he's hitting a 333. G1O, who was really struggling at the beginning of the year, he had three RBI yesterday. In Sung Che, how about him hitting at 314? He's got five home runs at 27 RBI. Hunsu Kim, the machine. He's not necessarily going to give you a bunch of long bombs, but he's hitting at 351 on base right around at 400. Young Tech Park, oldest player in the KBO. He's hitting nearly at 300. I mean, the list goes on and on. They are just doing a terrific job with the Twins. They've got the most trustworthy bullpen out there in the KBO when it comes to ERA. Though I will say that they're probably doing for a little bit of regression because we've seen it with the NY Eagles in this series. They have left the bases loaded time and time again. 
again. And with Young, I just don't have a lot of faith in him being able to give up fewer than five runs to the LG Twins before he turns it over to a bullpen that has been badly taxed. I mean, you take a look at what this guy has done in his last four starts. Three innings and seven runs. Five innings and four runs. Four and two-thirds innings, he gives up four runs, only three of which were earned. So I guess it wasn't all his fault. And then in his last start, he goes three innings, he gives up four runs. This guy has not went north of five innings in any of his last four starts, and he has given up at least four runs in every one of them. I mean, that is not good with a bullpen that has been used time and time again. It was saved a little bit by Chad Bell eating the bullet yesterday, giving the team six innings, despite the fact that he was clearly struggling. It's just not a situation where you want to be. I do think that at some point, Jared Hoying, the foreign-born position player that the Anwa Eagles have, is going to be able to bust out. I mean, this is a guy that it's been bad, 207 batting average. I think that he leads the team with his four home runs. C1, no, also has four home runs. Those are the two guys that are right now leading the team with that regard. You gotta think at some point they're gonna be able to find a little bit of hidden power. I will say that Tyler Wilson hasn't necessarily been great so far this year. Now, it's not like this guy has been a bummer or anything like that, but he does have a 420 ERA, 2-2 record. He's went 40 and two-thirds innings, and he's given up three home runs and 13 walks. So, I mean, it's one of these situations where for a normal pitcher, he's been pretty solid, but he has given up two-plus earned runs in all but one of his starts so far this year. So, he is very much hittable. I will say that that one start that he gave up fewer than two earned runs, that would be six scoreless innings against Hanwha on the road a few weeks ago. So, clearly the Pokemon, the Winnie the Pooh characters and everything like that that the Anwa Eagles had in the stands were not really able to intimidate him. And I do think that this is going to be a bloodbath by LG. I think that Hanwha is going to be able to scrape three runs across the board, but I think that LG, much like they did in the first two games of the series, are going to hang at least a touchdown up on the board. So I'm going to be taking this total over, and I'm going to be going with the run line. Obviously, you're going to find varying juice, and you're going to be laying a lot on the run line. At this point, the run line has gotten to north of $2. Heck, at five dimes right now, I'm seeing it at minus 240. If you want to go to FanDuel and you want to lay the four and a half runs, I will not advise you against it. I'm not ballsy enough to go with that, but with that said, I won't advise you against it, but I'm on the LG Twins run line, and I'm taking this total over, and that will wrap things up for the Wednesday afternoon slash Thursday morning edition of the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. A big thanks to Danny Bietti of CBS Sports for joining me in the last segment, and if you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn, and if you have a very big question for this podcast, turn it into my timeline at Jaren's 41. Hopefully you're all safe, healthy, and doing well, and I'll talk to you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you.